Good morning, church. Um, yeah. Some of y'all have had, you know, a couple conversations with me, with Alicia, and uh, you may have already guessed, but I'll just tell you straight up, we, we use a very healthy vocabulary in our house. Um, Alicia and I, uh, Alicia, you know, I had to study scriptures and languages and, you know, basically dedicated my life to um, helping people dig into a book. Um, my wife was an English major in college as well, and so we've kind of got this love for words, and we try to speak with some precision. And I think it rubs off on, on our dear Samuel as well. Um, typical conversation at the dinner table, right? Like, how's dinner? It's good. Okay, what do you mean by good? Like, do you mean that it's savory or well-seasoned? You like the texture of it? Come on, give me some specifics. How was your day? I'm good. Awesome. I'm glad you had a good day. Hey, what made it good? Like, was it a fun day? Was it productive? Was it relaxing? It's a lot of work talking to us, I'm just telling you. Um, you know, I don't usually let good rest as the answer to anything because it's real vague, you know? Like, what does good even mean? The idea of good is so fundamental that it almost seems like it doesn't need defining. And you know what happens when there are words that don't seem to need defining? You definitely need to define them, right? This is why I was... I, I struggled putting the sermon together this week because it's like the fruit of the Spirit that we're talking about today is goodness. And like, we all know what goodness is, right? So like, what's there to say about it? Amen. <laughs> Let's go. But as I sat, you know, and kind of kind of sat in the text for this week and I was really kind of mulling it over, like, I don't think we should gloss by goodness as a concept. In fact, I think that the spirit, the, this fruit of the Spirit we're talking about, goodness, is not nearly as vague and nondescript as how we often use the word good. The trouble, I think, is that good for many of us seems to be kind of a lukewarm word, right? Like, if you had a scale of descriptors from zero being, you know, really, really bad, 10 being, you know, the opposite of that, where on that scale would you put the word good? Seven. That seems, that seems reasonable. Like, there are comparatives and superlatives that you might prefer, right? Who would like something good or who would instead like something better? Come on, show hands for good. Show hands for better. Yeah, but who wants better when you can have best? <laughs> right? How many people want best? When we use the word that way, good seems almost synonymous with like a, above average. You know? It's like a seven. It's not great. Yeah, it's good. Um, but when we start talking about 
goodness. We're using the word in a different kind of way. Right? If I say that God is good, I'm not saying that God is a 7 out of 10. You know what I mean? Like, God isn't like three stars might recommend, right? We're using the word good in a completely different way. We're using good as an absolute. It's the extreme end of the scale, right? You could think of good in this way as like a moral term. Goodness would be the opposite in this case. Goodness would be the opposite of like evil or wickedness, right? So then you have opposite ends of a spectrum. And that might be a good jumping off place for us to think about like evil over here, goodness as the opposite. Goodness opposes evil. And I mean that. Like, when evil abounds, goodness really stands out in contrast. You notice the good more when it's rare. But it's more than that, right? Because it doesn't just stand out. Goodness pushes back against evil. You, you, goodness isn't just like a passive thing in the face of evil. Um, that was that old, that old uh, saying, the only thing that's necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing, right? No, goodness opposes it. it. It fights against it. Wherever evil is at work, goodness does its own work. It brings healing. It brings reconciliation. It brings hope, peace, life. That's what goodness is. It's an active force. And it's not something you can fake, you know? Uh, sure, you can make a show of being good, but that's not the same thing as being good. Um, maybe you knew a kid when you were growing up. Maybe you were the kid who never got in trouble and all the adults liked them, but secretly they were up to mischief. You know the kid I'm talking about? Eddie Haskell. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's those, those kinds of kids, they kind of know how to play the game, right? They know how to yes sir and yes ma'am. Um, meanwhile, they've, you know, they've got their, uh, their duffel bag full of the party clothes in the trunk that they're going to change into as soon as they leave the house, right? If you know the truth, then you know that that kid isn't really a good kid. They have a show of goodness, but they're not really a good kid. Goodness is about the real quality of the person. It's not about what everyone thinks about them. It's about what's, what's on the inside. Put yourself in Jesus' day, right? You've got this group of, of men who have dedicated themselves to upholding every point of the law. They call themselves Pharisees. And, you know, if you're just a common person who's like just trying to get by, but then you see this guy who is in every way religious, you look at that guy and you might go, geez, that's a good man. Like, I'm not. That's... I think that that's, I think that's what a lot of people experience. And, and 
And yet when Jesus shows up, he looks at those guys and he calls them, he calls them whitewashed tombs. It's like you look real good on the outside, but on the inside it's all dead. That's not goodness. Goodness isn't about appearances. Goodness is about the true nature of a thing, and it'll come out, but it's not about what's out, right? So in our reading today, uh, Jesus said this. He said, every... Let me make sure I get this right, because I don't want to misquote. He says, every healthy tree bears good fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Why is that? Well, you probably know at least a little bit about biology, right? Where does the fruit on a tree come from? The stuff inside the tree is what the fruit is made out of. Like, the fruit is filled with whatever the tree brought up from itself. So if if the tree itself is diseased and rotten, it has nothing to put into the fruit other than what's diseased and rotten. You know what I mean? And, and in, in reality, a lot of times, um, those trees aren't bearing any fruit at all. This is why you can't fake goodness. Right? Goodness flows out of the core of who you are. And uh, if that idea makes you squirm a little bit, that's okay, right? Because if we're honest with ourselves, and I know all the good Lutherans here, we pride ourselves in this kind of honesty. You might think, but I'm not good. I'm plagued with all sorts of flaws and failings. I can act good, but I'm not sure that I am good. given the fact that I'm the person who just wrote that sentence. Trust me. I'm right there with you. I'm no better than you, but let's not forget that the list that we're working from is the fruit of the Spirit. We're not just talking about like the merits of being a Christian. We're not looking, we're not talking about like the list of things God is looking for in a Christian. We're talking about what the Spirit produces. We are talking about nothing less than the transformative power of God at work inside of folks like you and me. Up until now, the first hmm, five weeks, I think, yeah, um, we focused more or less on actions, right? Like love, being joyful, showing kindness, waiting patiently. But the fruit of goodness is about a change in what you are. The Holy Spirit hasn't come just to help you clean up your act. Right? You don't need a better act. He comes to bring healing to the diseased heart. He comes to bring life to the dying or even 
to the dead. The Holy Spirit rescues, restores, and redeems what is broken and doomed. The fruit of the Spirit is goodness. Okay, now, do we stop there? Does that mean that we just passively enjoy this fruit with no responsibility of our own? Well, no, of course not. The Holy Spirit is making you good from the inside out. Which means now is the time to do good, right? If you are good, do good. The Holy Spirit is making you good so that you can produce what's good. But what is good? This is a good this this is a good question, right? How do you know what's good? On paper, it sounds easy enough, simple enough at least. But the world is a messy place. It's full of gray areas and contradictions and complexities. In a world like that, how can you ever possibly know what's actually good? Well, a simple but reliable guide might be something like this, or maybe a couple guides would be something like this. Does this bring joy to God? Maybe you can ask this question. Does this glorify God before the world? What's the impression I'm leaving about God in this? If you look at your situation through the lens of the source of ultimate good, right? If you're trying to see your situation from God's perspective, you're more likely to find the the way of goodness in it. But you're still a human, right? And you're still limited, and you're not going to see from God's perspective perfectly. I have an even better guide to offer you, although you should employ those, but here's an even better guide. And it works in concert with the first. The Holy Spirit himself. There's a reason that he lives inside of you. There's a reason he doesn't just visit you, change you, and go on. He's, he indwells you, right? He's made your heart his home. And he does that so that he can be with you moment by moment in a messy world full of gray areas and contradictions. When you learn to listen to him, you can trust him to guide you moment by moment in knowing and pursuing what's good. Are you going to do it perfectly? Probably not. I'm going to say with authority, you're not. Don't despair. Because grace abounds for you. And I would suggest to you that it's better to take some chances pursuing good than to play it safe and miss the good. This is kind of what grace is for. And grace abounds for you. Forgiveness, free and limitless, and it's yours in Christ Jesus. Your mistakes and your failings, they're not going to stop the Holy Spirit from doing his work. And God willing, 
Goodness is something that you grow in over the course of a lifetime. You're not a finished product. I know some of y'all are like, I haven't changed in 78 years and I'm not about to start now. Well, God's got plans for you, right? He's got plans not just for what you will do, but what you will become. He's in you to do that work. Thank God we're not finished products just yet. He has more goodness to give to you. He's got more goodness to reveal in you. He's got more goodness to do through you. Because good is who he is. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you are good and that you have called us to goodness. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who indwells us to guide us through a messy and imperfect world to, a, to assure us of your grace when we fall down. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you will continue the work of changing us from the inside out, of making us more and more like you, conforming us more and more to your image. Because you are good. We pray, Heavenly Father, um, repentance for where we've put on a show of goodness uh, and still harbor wickedness inside our hearts. And we repent, Lord, that sometimes maybe we despair of ever changing. We despair of ever growing. Help us to, uh, help us to accept the grace that you have to give in large and small ways. Help us to change in the ways that you desire. Help us to know what's good and to pursue it. We thank you for all that you've done for us, but most especially we thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, in whose name we are bold to pray. Amen.